The following episode of TOEFOP is classified M.A. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, sexual references, a sex scene, prison rape, time travel, and mild coarse language. TOEFOP advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deke speaking. There hasn't been any great advances in prison rape or space travel. Everyone relax. This is Tofop. I'm Charlie Clawson. <laughs> I like it. I like a catchphrase at the start. And it did make me relax. I'm Will Anderson, by the way. <laughs> what do you think? We, we should use it. It's sort, of, it's, it's, it's sort of taken flight. Yeah, that was uh, for those who've now heard the bootleg of the Superpod, and we're, we're hopeful there might be even a bit better quality bootleg of the Superpod put together that people can hear. Charlie's opening line from his uh, first stand-up gig, everyone relax, it's going to be okay. I loved it. <laughs> And because it just says to the audience, everyone relax, it's going to be okay. You're in the hands of a master yep. doing his first ever stand-up gig. Uh, would that relax people, do you think? Or do you think if you were a pilot on a plane and you came, it's like, ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking, everyone relax, it's going to be okay. <laughs> no, you're right. It does actually just give yep. you cause for alarm. What, was I, what, what am I not relaxed about? <laughs> Should I be panicked? I wasn't even thinking I was panicked until, hang on, I don't trust the guy who tells me to relax. He should just be relaxed. <laughs> That's why those pilots normally have those voices like they're really stoned because it makes people feel like the pilot is just so relaxed. Well, what everyone relax is the first thing you'd say when you're doing an armed uh, armed bank hold up. You'd walk in and you'd and you'd say, "Everyone relax." That's what it is. Yeah. So what you're actually saying is, if you don't relax, I will kill you. Yeah. <laughs> everyone relax. It's okay if no one fucks with me. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, I start killing hostages <laughs> one by one. So what I'm saying is. Panic, it's not okay. Yeah. <laughs> and that sums up this podcast perfectly. Good. All right, we've got a catchphrase. We've got an opener. Yeah. I like it. Finally, it's only taken us, what, 78 episodes? Not bad. To come up with a catchphrase? It's all right, man. Whatever. Uh-huh. You know, and then we'll just we'll use it over and over until people hate it. <laughs> like normal catchphrases. We'll sell a few t-shirts and yeah. then we'll get rid of it. It'll be like the I didn't do it kid. <laughs> people will love that shit. And then people will be like, oh, I don't want to fucking relax. Stop saying everyone relax. <laughs> and then I come out with, was it Wubba Wubba? <laughs> What's Bart's <laughs> follow up? Right, yeah. Waka Waka? No. Something like that. It's, yeah, Wubba. Yeah, yeah. What was Chachi's from uh, Happy Days? He had one. Did he? he yeah, he'd, do, he'd go like that. I'm doing a hand motion that no one can see, but it's like, um, wah, wah, wah. That was his catchphrase. Don't you remember that? It was something like that. It was a Waka Waka. Do you know what? No, I, hang on. Fuzzy Bear was Waka Waka Waka. Yeah. And Chachi... Are, are you getting con- Chachi confused with Fuzzy Bear? <laughs> no, no. I'm pretty sure Scott Bayer... You know Bay- Fuzzy Scott Bear Bayer was in uh, Happy Dice? You remember when Frank Oz was operating Scott Bayer? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I'm pretty sure it was Wah Wah Wah. Like, yeah. Because I think... It, and the way he would use it would like he'd see a hot chick and he'd like fold his arms on the back and go like, Wah Wah Wah. Oh. Maybe you could bring that back, ironically. Wah Wah Nee. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think the band Wah Wah Nee were so hopeful when they first heard him say Wah Wah Wah? They're yeah. like, oh, he's a Wah Wah. Oh, he's, he's going to mention Ah. Oh. <laughs> Which was always the reaction people had when they heard Wah Wah Nee. Yeah. Coming up next, <laughs> Wah Wah Nee. Oh. <laughs> Take that, Wah Wah Nee. It's just Wah Wah disgruntled sigh. <laughs> they were Wah Wah when Nee left to go solo. 
I uh, met one of the guys, the lead singer from Wawani. Yeah. I, he, I, he, uh, he was in a. a he band. said, "Do you, would you like to upsize that meal, sir?" <laughs> no, he was. He still he still plays. He plays. He's like a keyboardist slash like session. Is that what they call them? Session musicians. Yeah. He plays for other people. Yeah, right. So when like um, you know uh, Sony or whoever else is sending out one of their acts, they'll send out him. And he has still got like the rock star moves. We just we just did this little solo shot of him playing like a a, a keytar. Is that what they call? Yeah. Playing a keto and he was backlit. We had some dry ice going. Well, doing like an eighties kind of tribute kind of thing. You'd hope so, <laughs> but <laughs> either that or you guys think you have some original ideas <laughs> that may not be as original as you think. It's the one thing about music videos from the eighties is there's always a fan turning, a silhouette of a fan turning somewhere. It's like everything was shot in an industrial area. You just need that slow turning fan, blue gels, nice soft lighting, maybe a billowing silk curtain, but definitely like a, flan, a fan turning slowly. Yeah, but also quite a lot of the time somebody just like, you know, into a fan. Like there was a lot of a fan like blowing people's hair. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or that sort of thing. Or they yeah. were like singing near a fan or near some very windy occasion. But if you've ever sung near a fan, you know, it makes your voice go like... And that's how they invented auto-tune. <laughs> <laughs> that's... What's that? And who, thus LNFAO were born. <laughs> yeah. Who's that dude? Who's the, um, the, the rapper, the one who sings, you know, on the boat and stuff like that? You know, the one who's... Um, T-Pain. T-Pain. Do you reckon T-Pain first came up with his sound one day when he was just singing near a fan? Yeah. And he definitely. was like, this is good. Yeah. This is really good. I can make a career out of this. And when, so where, would this auto-tune, like, has it been around for a while? I mean, not in the, in the style that T-Pain uses, yeah. it, like as a stylistic kind of thing. Because I know what it was. It was Cher. Do you believe in life after love? That's definitely one she could have come up with singing near a fan at home. Yeah. That, that one sounded definitely like a fan at home. Like but that's a first anything that sounds somewhere between singing and a Dalek, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> Do you believe in exterminate? <laughs> I saw a uh, woman down the street the other day with like a kind of you know when you see like an ironic print on like a T-shirt or a handbag or something like that, yeah. and you kind of go, I get it, but I don't really get the point it's trying to make. Because I think that's so. It's like a it's like a portrait of David Hasselhoff from the eighties, or yeah. something like that. And you but know, it's like, worn by like a hot chick with glasses and a green beanie. Yeah, but you know, like how Banksy sometimes appropriates actual art and then kind of puts a twist on it, yeah. so that you see like oh, the Mona Lisa with a monkey's face. Yeah, or exactly. Or well, I mean, Andy Warhol, I guess you know, was one of those people who would juxtapose sort of you know popular culture and things that people saw. All right, Grandpa, I keep the references current. Yeah. <laughs> Banksy was fine. <laughs> it's not a bloody arts education podcast. <laughs> Don't have to show your credentials. We thought they were going to be fart jokes, not art jokes. <laughs> uh, I don't know much about farts, but I know what I like. Um, so the handbag was the you know the the iconic Che Guevara image, but it was Cher. Ah, so yeah. it was Shay just with an R on the end. Yeah. And at the start, I was like, oh yeah, that's kind of funny and like pop culture and a twist on. And then for all day afterwards, I was like, what does that mean? Like that's only just because her name. The names are similar, right? Yeah, yeah, That's the only thing they've done. They've just gone, we can put an R on the end of this and make Shay into Cher. Yeah. Well, is that enough? Or oh, you think there's to does. be some parallels between... Yeah, I want to... He's a, like a, 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 a dividing figure, like a hero to some and yeah. you know, a villain to others. And is Cher... Oh, I guess Cher might be a she's hero not, to she's some. She's a polarising figure. I'd say she's very popular, yeah. Cher. I mean, she's maybe sort of forgotten about now or irrelevant but yeah. she, I, th- I think she was always popular like yeah. liked by kind of mainstream and kind of alternative do, do you think it was one of those things where I don't know I've got no maybe the, I thing, have no, maybe the thing that Che Guevara and Cher have in common is they were both uh, you know famous for one thing but underrated for their acting <laughs> 
I, I really have no cultural barometer for Cher to know, like... She's a big gay icon. But I guess there was Sonny and Cher, which was like... She had two incarnations, kind of a, yeah. right? One was kind of like, you know, the goofy sort of loving uh, singer chick. And yeah. then serious actress Cher. Yeah. She won an and Oscar, then gay right? icon Cher. Well, was that not... I would have thought the gay icon would have started with Sonny and Cher. Yeah, but no, no. But this was her, more her comeback with the, you know, the all the sort of dance stuff and the, you know... Being on the giant cannon surrounded by right, sailors right, and right, stuff. Right. That so, was her like... So turn back time, you reckon, was her sort of reinventing herself as gay icon? Yeah, I reckon around there. Yeah. And then... Oh, you know what, though? If you think about... Because her other thing was her outrageous Oscar dresses. You yes. Know? And if you if I if I was a drag queen, I imagine that you would look at that and go, okay, cool, I've got my outfit for, you know, Saturday's show. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I reckon she was probably iconic with the gay community before that. Right. Because of her fashion sense. Well, just because in the same way that, like, uh, you know, Grace Jones or Lady Gaga are kind of gay icons. Because yeah, they're okay. very yep. striking, you know, people who are the kind of performance artists in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay, I get that. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm good with that. How come Marilyn Manson isn't a gay icon? Or is he a gay icon? I think... Too dark? Because he does that same thing, very theatrical, very it's rocky androgynous horror. as well. I would have thought there'd be... He'd have like... You I know, guess sort of, emo gay. He'd have that gay emo sort of... Gemo. Yeah, gemo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a better name. Gamos? Gamos. Gamo. No, ga- gamo sounds more like an insult. Ooh, you're yeah. such a gamo. Yeah, it does. Like, whereas, yeah, yeah gamo. Gamo, it's classic. It's like you're a spaztard. Yeah. <laughs> you're a gamo. You're a gamo. I, uh, we thought we might do a Q&A today. Yeah. Uh, because we have to uh, do a couple of episodes for while I'm away. Uh, so we, we uh, put on our Facebook page that we were going to do it and some people have uh, asked some questions. Now, I thought I wouldn't really read over the questions too thoroughly because, you know, like... Let's yeah. get surprised on air. Exactly. But I'll uh, read it in mind, I can edit this. <laughs> and we'll see how we go. Uh, Born Turnbull uh, asked us this one. Uh, which reality show could you each win? So if there's a reality show out there, like what, which one do you think you would A, like to go on, I suppose, and then B, which one do you think you would have a chance of winning? Um, I think maybe we've talked about this, but I, I always thought Big Brother. I think I, I'd, I'd be a good shot in Big Brother. A, because I'm good at just sitting around doing nothing. Yeah. It's your element. Yeah. <laughs> You're the one person who doesn't have to acclimatise the life in the house. Yeah, like right. I never leave my house. Yeah. And they bring us donuts? Brilliant. This is better than my house. Um, I think I'm personable. Yeah. But that may work against me. But I'd say out of all the reality shows, unless there was like a... Or, or Project Greenlight, that would probably be the other one. You remember that? That was yeah, the... Like the, a movie-making movie making one. one. Yeah. So Project Greenlight, for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, but Big Brother would be the one that I, I reckon uh, I could have a real crack at. I definitely couldn't win Big Brother. You couldn't? No. No, no way. No, you'd last about one week. Yeah. <laughs> and then they'd have a tape of eight hours of me up at night... Just railing on the other people in the house, which they would then play to the other people in the house, and I'll get voted. But out. that could work in your favour because traditionally in Big Brother, the kind of guy who speaks his mind, the firebrand, so to speak, would get nominated for the first five or six weeks. Yeah, he'd always be up because the other housemates wouldn't like him and some of the audience. But then people would start to warm to his kind of like you know insightful commentary. Yeah, but then eventually they always get rid of the interesting ones and let the boring ones win. So I could win. Yeah, you could definitely win. <laughs> you could definitely win. Uh, I don't know what reality show that I think that I could win. I, um, last Comic Standing. Last Comic Standing, possibly. Yeah. You know, a career one, I suppose that's, yeah, probably true. Um, 
I certainly couldn't go on any of the cooking ones, even though I love cooking. But like, yeah. I don't. Well, I love cooking shows. I don't love cooking. I don't. I don't cook at all. Yeah. Um, I couldn't go on Big Brother. I don't think I'd be good on any of those sort of Amazing Race or Survivor. I wouldn't. No. I actually, I think you'd be okay at Survivor. I think if you made alliances with enough people who are capable. Physically capable and motivated. That's what I have to do. You'd have to manipulate. Because I'd be no good at any of those challenges with me dodgy hips. Yeah, yeah. You know. But I think you could form an alliance. I mean, they have old people on Survivor or infirmed people on, yeah. on Survivor. Thanks for comparing me with those people, the old and the infirmed. <laughs> they, have, they, they had that one with ramps on the island, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> and everyone was on electric scooters. Everyone got parks really close to the shops. <laughs> <A> special Survivor. <laughs> Your Survivor challenged. Uh, I think I would be okay. I think I would have a crack at Survivor because I think in Survivor, people don't mind you being a little bit meaner to the other contestants. I think having a sense of humour and people liking you would be handy. Well, I think that, and I do think that I am strategically. I think you'd be good because you're a very strategic person. So I think that you strategically, as long as you could get a few people to like you, that would be the big challenge. Yeah, because you're not the most personable kind of dude to meet first up. That's true. That is so. I don't know how you'd form those alliances, but just say, you know, so by some miracle people liked you. Yeah. <laughs> you I go on people. All you need to do is <laughs> you need to, need to find yourself the, the most physically capable guy yep. on the island. Um, and, then, and give him hand jobs and then, while the cameras aren't on. <laughs> and, then, and then a patsy, then a guy who you can yep. easily sort of like, you know. I'm like, guys, I'm willing to do anything to win this. And by anything, I mean anal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving it up. <laughs> Take me through to the final three. <laughs> The tribe has spoken. My butt has opened. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the bad news is I can't walk. The good news is we uh, started a fire. <laughs> so, I'd love that. I could just see, like, you know, you set up camp with your group for the first night and everyone's sort of like, you know, sort of getting to know each other and you just hear a whistle in the background and you're leaning seductively against a palm tree. Oh, I'm just going to uh, lie down in the bushes over here and... Uh, well, if someone wants to lay beside me, I'm not going to stop them. Actually, you know what? where you could do that, where you could actually do that strategy, is you couldn't do it on the Survivor Island because you can't fuck everyone without other people, everyone saying, hang on, this guy's fucking everybody. <laughs> like, that, that wouldn't be... Plus, they have cameras everywhere. It's, you couldn't actually just do it in a discreet way because I don't want to do it on camera. Okay. I'm, I'm only willing to do this to win the game and sure. it, this has got to be off-camera stuff, right? Yeah. So... You could do it on Redemption Island. Do you know what Redemption Island is? I can't remember that one. So they do this thing now with was Survivor. It a show or was it in Survivor? No. Right. So when you uh, like get kicked off the main show, you get to go to this place called Redemption Island. And it's kind of like a... There will always be two people on Redemption Island and they have a challenge of their own that eliminates one of them each week. But there gets to a point in the game where the person who's, who's on Redemption Island like you know, gets to come back into the game, okay. right? Yeah. So, you could go to Redemption Island where they don't really have cameras and just, like, fuck everyone who came through Redemption Island and say, if you lose the challenge to me tomorrow, I'll, like, you know... Yeah, yeah. Let you come in my hair or whatever. <laughs> I don't know what... <laughs> you're right, you're, you're, your two go-to moves are anal and come in my hair. I don't really know. My hair's very nice. Um, I don't really know... I don't really know what they're into, these people, but they yeah. might be all into whatever they're into. Uh, the, problem, the, the major flaw I can see with this strategy is you haven't accounted for the fact that you're on like a desert island yeah. and it's all sand and little bugs and whatever. poor hygiene. Whatever, man. You're going to be rolling around in like, you're going to get like chafing real bad. I'll, I'll make somewhere nice. How am I going to fill my names, days on Redemption Island? <laughs> Just laying down palm leaves. Yeah, exactly. 
climbing up for coconut for coconut oil just to keep us all, you know, nicely lubricated. <laughs> you become survivor's slut. Yeah. But I've made this like boudoir out of all shit you can find on the island. Kind of like the professor uh, from Gilligan's Island, yeah. but if he was a prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> now I'll sit right back and I'll tell you tale, tale of a fateful trip. The millionaire and his wife. The movie star and a filthy male whore. <laughs> That would have been a good twist on uh, Gilligan's Island if one of them had been a male gigolo. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of what the professor was, though. I got the feeling that he was sticking it to Ginger and Marianne. They're always fighting over him, and he had that kind of cool, aloof kind of quality, good hair. Yeah, right. So you think he was like a secret player, the professor? Oh, definitely. Did you not think there was some sexual... He could have been gay. I always thought that's why the girls liked him. You know, they they wanted his attention. He was kind of like, you know, asexual. He was more interested in science than he was in, you know. Yeah. Like, he could have been either. Because they were so hot. Yeah. They just couldn't believe there would be a guy on the island. I mean, there's no one, there's literally no one else to fuck except for Mrs. Howell. And I mean, seriously, you're going to go there. Also, she's in a relationship. You've got to respect that. And obviously, the fat guy and the skinny guy, something's going on there. Something's going on. We're not sure He's chasing around and calls him his little buddy. There's something going on there. He hits him with his hat all the time. So you'd think, unless this guy was gay, he'd be fucking all over that. How long do you think it would take before you'd have a crack at... Marianne or Ginger? I'd be on the boat. Yeah. Like, and literally. <laughs> yeah, literally on the boat. Like, the, the boat's taken off. The, the weather hasn't even got bad yet, and I'm having a crack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no. In this scenario, like, you, you, you have a girlfriend, like yeah. you do. Oh, okay. So, how many days you're on the desert island? You're like, well. I, oh, okay. I can't, we still think I might, might be might rescued. Be rescued. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's a good question. Um, a month. I'm going to say a month. <laughs> do you think that's a forgivable... Do you think after a month, uh, just so you got picked up after 32 days, yeah. and you know, you're talking to Amy and you're like, look, I have to tell you something. I thought we were never going to leave that island and um, well, I had sex with Gilligan, the skipper too, the millionaire and his wife, the movie star, <laughs> <laughs> Professor... Nah, so you get it. Uh, do you think she would be okay with that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do. I think because we, we quite often like you know I mean we joke around a bit about it more than we I think would actually do it but I think we're the sort of couple that given the right circumstance you know and if the other person thought it was cool enough we'd we kind of be able to step around that I reckon if you wanted to I mean if you wanted to badly enough yeah have sex with like two girls you could set this entire thing up. <laughs> Like, you could actually arrange for a boat cruise. It'd be some, like, publicity event. You do it to promote <laughs> Gruen or something like that. Yeah. And so you go out on a three-hour tour yeah. with, like, um, Russell Howcroft and his yeah. wife. <laughs> uh, you know, a sailor and his first mate. Not important. Yeah. But then you can take, like, um, right, come, Zoe right. Deschanel and... Oh, no, there's uh, got to be people that we could actually take, I reckon. <clears throat> like, because if we're going to, like... So it's leaving from Australia. Yeah. So can we get... Um, Isabel yeah. Lucas. Nah, I'm a bit over Isabel Lucas. Okay. She'd spend all the time on the island just talking about save, save the whales. Just staring at and things. And listen to folk music. You can hear Not it. washing. You can literally, when she, you look at her, you can literally hear like a cog turning. Yeah, that's why she loves whales so much because every time you listen, you can hear the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so who are you taking? Uh, Pia your... Miller. I'm going to take oh, Pia yeah. Miller. Pia Miller, good choice. Yeah. Is, she's your ginger. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So you need a down, and so you need like a down, it's still really sexy, but down to earth yeah. kind of chick. And Bea Miller, I'm taking because um, A, she's really, really hot, yeah. and B, I've met her a couple of times, and she's a really, really awesome chick. Yeah. And I just reckon that she, her, and you know, I reckon her husband would give, you know, yeah, after a month, he'd let her have a crack at someone else. I feel like that's what I'm like. He's a footballer after two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, my wife's dead. Oh well. <laughs> Play more fish in the sea. <laughs> You can't believe the drink cards I got, honey. <laughs> so who's your down-to-earth chick? It'd have to be someone like... Uh, who's a kind of cool, down-to-earth, but still hot chick? It'd be like a host of something, uh, like Susie Wilkes. <laughs> um, who would it be? Oh, um, how about... Uh, this is a bit of a random one, yeah. but... I, it just, I don't know why she came to mind, but she did in this situation. Yeah. Uh, do you know Maz Compton? No. Uh, she's like, she's a really cute chick. And oh, Maz from Channel V? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Right? Yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah. She's down to episode. And she chick. does like a Nova Radio in Adelaide now, and I bump into her every now and again, and I always think, like, we, we'll go and like have a coffee or whatever, because she actually work experience for me at Triple J, like when Adam and I were doing the show back in the day. Yeah. So I've known her forever, and she's, I was having lunch with her the other day, and I was like... You're a really fucking cool chick. Like, so I reckon... You get the will stamp of approval. Yeah. <laughs> and and now I've taken that leap from me just going, you're a really cool chick, onto me saying, look, if I'm setting up some weird island sex scenario <laughs> with Pia Miller, would you like to be involved? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's where I was going to go. Uh, so you duck, take Dr. Carl, he's your scientist. Yep. So oh, all you need brilliant. to do is arrange a publicity event. Yeah. But you pass the skipper like, you know an extra couple grand and just say, could you just like beach us on this island? Oh yeah, right. Is, are there any uncharted, are there any uncharted islands? Are there any unmapped islands around, you know, off the coast here? And he could say, yeah, 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 yeah I'm so sure So you get him to too, crash right? off that island and yeah. then you can have a threesome with Pia and Maz as long as you give it a month. Yeah. <laughs> and no harm, no foul. Right. I should have invited women who would be more intimate. <laughs> that was the one. That's the one. <laughs> Both of those women had much better taste. They would like. They would wait heaps more than a month. Yeah, like if I was going to Carl, going exactly. well, it's better than Anderson. Yeah, that, that that was that's the only flaw in that plan. All right, we didn't come up with a show I win, but anyway, uh, that, that, that's fine. No, that's I think fine. we can move on for that one. Okay, um, Junior Master Chef. Maybe no, those kids are really good cooks. <laughs> Uh, Fee Delwood, Fee Delwood, yeah. said, "If Godzilla ever came to Australia, <laughs> which giant monster would he fight? Is there a, a uh, famous Australian monster? Well, it'd have to be like a Bunyip of some kind, wouldn't it? You know, Alexander Bunyip. It could be um, from Shell's neighbourhood. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> he fights Alexander Bunyip. What about Fat Cat? He could fight Fat yeah, Cat. Humphrey B. Bear. Yeah, it's silent but deadly. <laughs> <laughs> Marty Monster." Yeah, that would be that would be the natural one, Marty Monster. Did you were you too old for the early bird show, or did you get that as I was too old for that, mate? That was I don't know if it's just me, but that felt like that was a huge cult when I was a kid. Like I, it was it was a three hour Saturday morning cartoon show mm. where they'd play like Transformers and stuff, but in between they would have like all these like competitions for kids, and two that they had that I was obsessed with. One was a remote control car competition. So three kids would get to go up and you race like a remote control car around a track and the winner right. gets like a jet hopper. Cool. My God. Because you, you'd have to write letters in to you know, see if you'd be accepted. I wrote, I would say, close to like 150 letters Are trying to get accepted. And not once. But my sister did. Really? And she entered like once. But she didn't win. 
No. So we didn't get a remote control. Ah, <laughs> bullshit. That show was awesome. But they also had... Uh, Maybe they just let her on because they'd received all your letters from the same address. And were like, if you have to live with this kid, you deserve something. You deserve to be on TV. But Marty Monster, the guy who played Marty, he did this breaking the third... No, not breaking the fourth wall. It's a, What do you call it when... It was the aggro thing. He acknowledged that he was like a guy in a suit. Like oh, that okay. was kind of... Yeah, all right. Like, you know, he was Marty Monster, but he was also a guy in a suit. And he sort of became this kind of... This cult icon i remember like heaps of kids like you watching this this guy in the suit he's, he's telling the truth he's the yeah. truth giver you know, man he's not talking to us like we're kids he was the bill hicks of his generation <laughs> Marty Monster. Just, just speaking the truth to the kids and then years later there was a nightclub <laughs> in hawthorne called the g-spot oh yeah i've been to the g-spot <laughs> probably the first time in your life <laughs> oh, I, I, it was hard to find but i eventually got in <laughs> Come to the G-spot if you can find it. I think that was their tagline. Yeah. But there was a bouncer there, this really big guy who they used to call Tarzan. Mm. Big guy, hairy. And someone told me, oh, that was Mighty Monster. Really? Yeah. Uh, I wonder if anyone could actually confirm That's a sad that. showbiz story though, isn't it? That Marty the glory Monster's- of Marty Monster and now he's just a bouncer at the G-spot. <laughs> I mean, I he was- had those heights, you know, sniffing cocaine off the back of hookers in the Marty Monster outfit. And there he is, a bouncer at a nightclub. Backstage at the early bird show. Uh, they, thought it had, they, had, they thought they had it all. They said, we're going to start early, but we're going to move to late night. Wings of wax, Will. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would like to see if Godzilla came to Australia, uh, to, uh, Godzilla to fight one of two people. Uh, either A, the dingo that took the baby, because that's But like, it has to be a mutated form. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm I just like... How that would be over in two seconds? No, nah, that dingo is cunning. <laughs> Secondly, uh, Mick, uh, Mick Taylor from uh, Wolf, Wolf Creek. Creek. Yeah, right. Because he's be like, awesome. uh, you know, if we're going to do an Alien v Predator, yeah, yeah, it's totally. Godzilla versus Mick Taylor, <laughs> but in like the desert, so Mick's got some natural advantages. Like, I don't know. really know. Godzilla, were you into Godzilla? Not really. What's his deal? He's like a, a dinosaur that can shoot fire out of his mouth. Yeah, he's, oh, he's just a giant monster, isn't he? Godzilla. Yeah, but what's his... Some sort of monster, but yeah. He's like a part dragon, part dinosaur or something. That spits fire? Can yeah. he fly? Don't think so. No, doesn't he walk around and just smash stuff? Well, how's, how's Mick Taylor going to take down that? Like with a series of... Like, he'll, he'll lure him. Ironic quips. Yeah, he'll lure him in. Uh, he'll drug him. <laughs> <laughs> then he'll sever his spine. Yeah. Making him Godzilla head on a stick. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Absolutely fine. All right, sorted that out. Good question, though. <laughs> Andre uh, Kazachek yeah. uh, asked... Oh, hang on. Can I see that name? Andre Kazichek. I think he's the guy who uh, supplied us with the bootleg. Oh, unreal. Well, um, if it is you, Andre, uh, thank you very much. Fuck you, but then thank you. Yeah. Uh, if you manage to invent time travel as a d- direct result of being raped in prison, would you then go back in time to stop yourself from going to prison? Uh, that's a paradox, isn't it? Well, this is, I guess this is the question. Um, do, or, so essentially what it boils down to, is time travel worth getting anally raped in prison? Yes, because basically you could use it to, to never, for that to have never happened. Yeah. But, or you could just live with it and keep time travel. So, okay. Well, because if you go back and stop yourself from going to prison, then you're never going to invent time travel. But what I might be able to do is... Oh, yeah, you know what? I'll do it. I'll get raped in prison and I'll use time travel to 
go into the future to get a sports almanac, come back and make myself so rich that I can just forget. I can drag myself into fear. I can afford the best therapists and the best drugs to wipe it from my memory. And the, oh. be- and the best surgeons. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So my rectum back up. <laughs> All right, good. I like it. Uh, Sarah Smith asked, oh, what would your wrestling names and gimmicks be if you're offered a contract oh. with the WWE? Include what you'd wear, your entrance music, and your finisher. You've got one in mind, don't you? Didn't you and Justin used to have one? Used to, but I, like, I haven't really thought about it for years. What I'd like to be. Oh, you know what I'd like to be is... What they're doing with wrestling is it's getting less about kind of traditional icons where it's like, you know, he's the barbarian or, you know, he's the caveman. And it's more like they're blurring the lines, like there's more anti-heroes and stuff. I guess a CM Punk is like the straight edge kind of wrestler. I'd like to be like the hipster wrestler. Like, so when I enter, I'm wearing like skinny black jeans and I've got like a, a cardigan on and a tie and some thick, you know, black glasses that don't actually have lenses in them. And I don't, like, cheer the crowd. I sort of, like, disinterestedly saunter to the ring checking my phone. <laughs> no, I'm one of those, um, one of those uh, bikes that you can fold away. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and my music would have to be something like The Strokes. Oh, yeah. No, or... no, no. Like, even something more obscure than that. It oh, yeah, because that's... Be, yeah. Like Mumford and Sons. Yeah. Start <laughs> <laughs> your thoughts but mine. <laughs> Just... And my finishing mood would have to be, like, the... Um, Something along the lines of, uh, I liked it when it was cool, or something like that. Oh, okay, yeah. Right, yeah, it'd have yeah. to be some sort of... Something like, that's so last year. Yeah. <laughs> it'd have to be like a, a sleeper. Oh, no, what would it be? I'll think about that. What would yours be? Yeah, it, uh, you could do something like, like you could finish by saying, like when you finish someone off, you could then stand up and go, yeah, they used to be cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just shrug. You know what it is? Yeah. It's the shrug. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. No, this is your catchphrase. Meh. <laughs> or maybe it's the postmodern irony. <laughs> like I let him win, but yeah. I win because yeah. losing is the new winning. Yeah. Or you hit them with an, something made of iron and your catchphrase is, that's ironic. Because <laughs> it's still a bit wrestling. The hipster. Uh, okay, that's good. That's inspired me. I would like to be uh, the stoner. <laughs> like that was, often misses matches yeah, misses matches gets distracted really easily by shiny stuff that would be great I could just see you with the stoner as you yeah. work in the mic yeah. and you come out and you say Hulk Hogan I just want to see the um uh, what were we talking about <laughs> I love you man yeah. <laughs> I'd like that would be a good character it'd be great always avoiding you... drug tests before the like the bouts and things like that and... you always start in the ring like yeah. you don't actually make an entrance you're just already in the ring on a couch eating yeah. Doritos yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or trying to get like the last Pringle like the crushed up Pringles you got the tin right up <laughs> the stoner yeah the stoner what would you what would your entrance music be uh, Cypress, Cypress Hill. Hill yeah Hits, Hits from, from the, the Bong yeah. yeah of course <laughs> That would definitely be. Well, it. I don't know. That sort of suggests like you're do you a know, badass. Oh, do, no. Do you, I, know, do you know what my nick? You know, actually, my, my wrestling name would be what? Cypress Will. Yes. And it, like, but my character is a stoner. Uh, but I hang out like with guys like my gang is like guys all like tough. all like Cypress Hill type. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Those sort of people. Name the three guys in Cypress Hill. Go. Uh, uh, oh God. Um, uh, Send dog. Be real. And. Oh. Um, <laughs> send dog and be real. Mixed mastermind. No. Uh, I don't actually know. 
Isn't it? Well, they're kind it's of the weird. two main guys. Sorry, well, Be Real. I know Be Real. That's the only one. Yeah, Send Dog and Be Real are the two like main rappers. Are they still around? Yeah. I haven't had anything kind of new. I mean, they haven't done anything new for, uh, I guess, uh, four years or something. I don't know. And uh, where are they from? I've never been able to tell. Like, what's their... Uh, well, uh-huh. I mean, I, I, what's their ethnicity? Yeah. I think they're like, uh, well, they kind of, I think there's a crossover between, yeah, like, they might be black and Mexican or right. there's some sort of, there's like a, I know that they early on did a lot of stuff with Rage Against, Against the Machine and they had, they shared a lot of the same like political causes and stuff like that. People don't really know that about Cypress Hill, but they were quite a political band, a political band, you yeah. know. I guess Prop uh, 48 was probably high on their agenda as well. Well, I think Sendog, you know, there's all those like, places that you Is can. Prop 48? Is that the I, I'm not, one? Yeah. I'm not sure, but. Um, I didn't get to vote. I would have voted whatever one, whatever way was the way you got weed. I would have been, I would have been in favour of that one. But Sendog, he um, now like you know these legal weed dispensaries in LA. I don't know if he owns one of them or whatever, but one of them, when you see the ads in the paper for it, it's Sendog surrounded by these like beautiful women, and it's like, and then just weed. You that's know? awesome. And it's like, I, I'm like, I want to go to that one. I was going to say that's I what I want to see when I go one, to heaven. Like, yeah. It's like, <laughs> I'm standing on a cloud and the pearly gates open. I want to see that. Yeah. I'll be wrapped with that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so they still like weed is the point. When I, saw them, <laughs> when, I, when I saw them in Sydney, and I think we have talked about this before, but well, last time I saw them in Sydney, it was at the Enmore, which is a beautiful place to see, like anything really. It's an amazing venue. And um, everyone in the room was smoking weed, like everyone. And like passing it around too, mm. like which was uh, very respected in my direction because we were just down the front. And, um, yeah, people would just pass you joints, like strangers you didn't know would just pass it on. And the whole room just smelled like a giant bong. Yeah. But at the end, um, Be Real came out smoking this joint that, honestly, I think there was two other people holding the joint so that he could smoke it. It was the biggest joint. It was like the Olympic torch. Yeah. It was, it was the Statue of Liberty. The only and- way he could light it would have his Spaniard shoot a flaming arrow past it. Yeah, that was exactly <laughs> what it was like. <laughs> Kathy Freeman came out and lit his joint. It was massive. It was unreal. It was such a good gig too. I love that gig. Be Real was unreal. Yeah. I believe that. Yeah. Uh, all right. What got us onto that? Oh, wrestling. Oh, yeah. So I'm yeah, the stoner. So you're the stoner. Yeah. And I'm the hipster. Yeah. Yeah, I think that could work. Yeah, definitely. We call Vince McMahon. See so if we can sell those across. Yeah, I reckon. What would my like, catchphrases be though? Like things like... Um, what were we talking about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's your finishing move? I guess it would be the bomb or the... Uh, yeah. Oh, I think I could say... What's a weed? You've been stoned. Or something like that. Or the like blunt. That. You give him the blunt. Oh, yeah. The I, blunt. I, I can hit him with a blunt. Yeah, that's right. Like, yeah. Blunt, oh, 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 blunt force. That could be my, like... Yeah, you know, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. When you form your allegiance. Yeah, yeah I have blunt force. force. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah. But every time they cut to your crew, they're always, like, crashed out. Yeah. <laughs> Asleep. <laughs> or, like, trying to find their keys. <laughs> Constantly forgetting how to get to the ring. Yeah, that's good. I like it. Uh, all right. Uh, Shakes Ryan says, Shakes. Uh, "Yep, Shakes. That's a cool name. Yeah. Hey, Shakes. Uh, after the comedic Twenty One Jump Street reboot, did mm. you see that? By the way, yes, I did. And I watched too much of it online before I saw it. Right, because I thought it looked pretty good. The previous, yeah, we saw stuff. that. We saw that. We both saw that five minute like thing. But literally, that is all the best bits. Oh, okay, that yeah. I mean, I kind of was like." I could tell as the film was going along, I'm like, oh, God, I really have seen all the best bits because you could see where all the builds are going. Like, oh, now this is going to end. I'm an idiot. Why don't I watch it online? But it was enjoyable. Uh, okay. Well, after the 21... And, and uh, Channing Tatum is really funny. He is funny? 
really funny. Like he, it's like he gets comedy, which is good because I haven't seen any other film he's done where he seems to get that. He's one of those guys where, you know, you know, you know, he's a big star, but you can't quite tell why. Yeah, you, you just feel that someone Everyone really believes wants, in yeah. him. There's a big push for him. You can tell. Well, he's fucking good looking. You know, I know, but there's a lot of good looking people. Yeah, but he's just got that. He looks like a young Marlon Brando. There's certain, um, I believe, there's certain looks in people, certain actors. Like Brad Pitt has a bit of well, it's that kind of fat lipped, squinty eyed kind of look. It's just it's goldmine for actors. Uh, uh, after the Twenty One Jump Street reboot, Channel Seven approaches Charlie and Will to do the same for Blue Healers. <laughs> Fucking hell! What happens next? Um, okay, so you know what? I reckon that'd be fun. So yeah. they ask us to reboot it. As a feature film. Yeah. And we do it as a, as a comedy. I reckon that'd be fun. I reckon we could do that really well. In fact, that's actually a pretty good idea. The more I'm thinking about it, the more I think that would be actually pretty funny. A comedy set in an Australian country town well, around, where an extraordinary amount of crime seems to happen? <laughs> I guess it would be a bit like Hot Fuzz. I guess that's what it would end up being like. But I think it'd be kind of funny if you... And you could have like John Wood doing like a little cameo as like, you know, the mayor or the commissioner or, or something like that. I think you could do it actually, yeah. Because you could just satirise everything kind of about the buddy show. cop movies and yeah. you know everything about Blue Hills, which was that it was a tiny little country town that had an extraordinarily high yeah crime rate. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. It's Chase. a brilliant idea, and uh, you're That's not going to hear this idea. in the podcast because that was our idea. We've been working on the script for six months, <laughs> and we're going to sue you for even putting this up. <laughs> uh, Camille wanders. Oh, wanders, wanders, wanders. Yeah. Um, do you listen to either the theme song or Dixie's intro before you start recording each episode? I know it's probably edited in later, but I still imagine the two of you sitting silently but excited, waiting for your big <laughs> moment to start talking. <laughs> Is this written by my mother? Sitting excitedly to start talking. On your little project? <laughs> I don't, I don't, your little funny internet radio program? I don't think you and I have ever sat across from each other excitedly waiting to talk. Um, you know what, though? I get the sentiment, though. When I am cutting it, I do, like, I do get excited. I do like the fact that we have a theme song. I like the John Deeks intro, and I like the theme song. I, I think it's cool. But um, no, we don't listen to it beforehand. No, we do not. In fact, normally what happens beforehand is you test the microphones... I forget to talk into the microphones. <laughs> uh, then I come over and then we just start. Yeah. That's pretty much it really, isn't it? Yeah. Well, we, we'll, we'll sometimes ask, do you have anything to talk about? Yeah. Majority of the time it's no. <laughs> and then we say, oh, well, let's we'll fucking see what happens. Yeah. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Might be time to do another one of those Q&As where uh, the listeners come up with topics. <laughs> I think we've got time for um, one more. If, okay. if it's a good one. Two, two if it's shit. <laughs> two shit ones or one good one. Well, uh, uh, well... Uh, Chris Young you can decide on whether we do another one after this whether your question was good or not Uh, what slash when is the best time to punch someone in the face now in this scenario you have no option but to punch this person in the face right okay and it can't be when they're sleeping or passed out so when is the best time to punch someone in the face not sure I understand the question is it when is the most opportune time to punch someone in the face or when is the most justified time to punch someone in the face? It's the op- most opportune time, right? I think 
is, um, yeah, I think they're, they're saying, I need to punch someone in the face. When do I do it? I can't do it when they're asleep. Yeah. Um, well, have you ever punched anyone in the face? No. I have. <laughs> Who? Uh, some guy. It was just uh, weird. There's a party. Uh-huh. A bunch of guys crashed the party. Yeah. I'd look. I don't even know. They, their skin wasn't the same color <laughs> as mine. And from around where we were from. And if, if he didn't want me to freak out, his grandmother yeah. should have been mouthing off like that. Exactly. He had a punchable face for uh, a kid. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just, it was, I mean, it was nothing. It was like, it was a scuffle if more than anything. But I did punch a guy in the head. I think I punched him in about the temple. Um, but uh, I think the best time to punch someone in the face, the only way I could do it, would be for them to put my to threaten me. That's the only time I'd feel like wanting to punch them in the face. I don't like violence, really. Don't like the idea of hurting people. Don't like the idea of getting hurt myself. Um, but if I had to, um, I would provoke that person to attack me, so then I could defend myself. Yeah. Okay. No. No. I w- I'm not very good at defending myself, but I could definitely punch someone if someone that I cared about was, was in threatened. danger. What if you were threatened? I reckon maybe I wouldn't necessarily throw a punch right. because I'd rather I'd be looking more like I'll just yeah you know, preserve this like try to self preservation rather than mm-hmm. like going on the attack. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think for you know someone that I knew and I wouldn't have to know them that well because yeah. I side with people that I know over people I don't know really fucking aggressively. Like you know like some people will uh, they'll do something you know you'll be out with your partner and you side with the the person who, who's seating people at the cinema or you side with the person you don't rather know. you don't know rather yeah, yeah. I almost instinctively always just side with the people that I know despite the fact whether they're in the right or not <laughs> like I'm a pretty good friend you're loyal like a dog yeah but I like but I don't have great judgement because a lot of the time <laughs> like a dog I'm defending something that was actually that person's fault but I go with the <sighs> I go with what I know yeah yeah the only other time I've almost been in a fight was when I was about 18 and uh, we we're playing pool and uh, there's another group over on the other side of the bar and one of the girls came up and was like I left my purse here where is it and me and my like four mates like we haven't seen your purse and she's like yes you have you stole it I'm like no we haven't she goes and gets her boys they all come over and there's like a lot of like pushing and shoving and I do remember a guy distinctly saying to me he leans in and he's like you want to have a shot of the title man you want to have a shot of the title he really said make that? a move <laughs> and I was like what title <laughs> Like, do you have a title? Did you bring the belt? What's going on? I mean, if there is a chance I can win a title, I might want to show the title. I I mean, what title will I win? Is this officially sanctioned? What class are we talking? Is IBF? Is it a series of rounds or is it just one shot at the title? I mean, what are the rules (laughs) for me getting... Is this like a... You know, winner takes all. I just have to get a three count and there has to be a ref nearby, like in the wrestling? I'm I'm not really sure. All falls count. And how can I be sure you actually possess a title I mean just telling me but I don't yeah. know who you are exactly is it your title or do I have to have a shot at someone else <laughs> like is this meant to confuse Bang. you <laughs> <laughs> uh, no so we had this sort of push and shove and then we you know we sort of cleared these guys out or maybe they got kicked out or we got kicked out or something and I was walking out and I was saying to my mates fucking hell man like how crazy was that and then my mate reached in his pocket and he had stolen this girl's purse oh. <laughs> I was like motherfucker wow. I almost got my head kicked in for you Wow, I like that. Um, I think the best time to punch someone would be uh, in some sort of sporting arena. Like, so arrange some sort of, like, you know, game of, you know, touch footy or, or whatever, you know, kick to kick or something where you could kind of 
just punch them in the face, but possibly, you know, say that it was an accident. You'd have enough grey area that even if they thought it wasn't an accident, you know, people would go, oh, it's just an accident. He was just going for the ball, you know, that sort of thing. Or before midday on April 1. Because I think you could just pull it off as like an <laughs> April Fool's Day prank. Break your nose. Yeah, April, April Fool's. Fool's. <laughs> it's before midday, mate. That's the rules. Can't come after me. They're the rules in April Fool's. Yeah. The April Rules fool. the, the <laughs> April Fool's rules. <laughs> You've just been schooled in April Fool's rules. Oh, I don't That's know. Schools of, yeah, no, that's kind of. Yeah. Um, yes. Anyway, um, I mean, another I, one. Or we, we good? No, I think we should. Good. Why don't we? Con- why don't we do it in the next one? Oh, well, we'll to up. be continued. Yeah, do it. TBC. Right, that's great. Um, check us out on Facebook. Yes. Uh, Rate the show on iTunes. Yes. Uh, uh, Tweetfop is our is our Twitter account. Well, I'm, you know what? I, I think we mentioned this, but um, we're gonna. Tr- I'm gonna try and get Tweetfop back on Twitter. Yeah. I think it makes sense. Tweetfop. I think it was cute, but it's kind of annoys me now. Yeah. I'm over it. It's confusing. It is confusing. A lot about this podcast is confusing. Nobody knows what the internet is and how to find internet radio programs. <laughs> Secondly, it's got a stupid name. It makes no sense. Yeah. Thirdly, it's poorly recorded. <laughs> um, Are you going to keep going because you're fucking depressing me? That's okay. It's fine. We've, we've monkeyed it along. <laughs> we are like we, this must be people listening to this we're Charlie. the jalopy <laughs> if we were a car we'd be a jalopy no I think what we're like is like you know it, people who listen to this are like scientists working with you know <laughs> partly intelligent apes <laughs> and like as we pick up simple skills over the years the scientists like look on and go oh look at that isn't that cute <laughs> planet of the partly intelligent apes yeah that's what we are <laughs> but they see our intelligence growing slowly <laughs> Like, and eventually, like, I'll have to be worried about this, Charlie, because we're coming after them. So what you're trying to say is we're some bizarre flowers for Algernon yeah. type experiment. <laughs> it's just like, if you listen, they seem yeah. to get smarter. I think that's why yeah, so many people are listening to the podcast these days. I'm, I'm sure they're studying us. <laughs> it's the evolution of stupidity. Yeah. And the great thing is they're listening to this right now, very proud of us, that we've finally worked out that that's why people listen. <laughs> like, they're like, oh. Oh my god, they are they're, getting they're getting self-aware. <laughs> Rise of the idiots. Up until, this was the day where they stopped thinking what they were doing was entertainment <laughs> and they realized it was just a bizarre social experiment. <laughs> I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. 